Oh, look at that Philip Seymour Hoffman. Look at that guy. Yeah, he's handsome. I think he was troubled. Hello. Oh, hello, Marlon. How are you today? I'm fine, Dan. How are you? I am doing very well. It's Tuesday. It's the optimistic day. Optimistic day, rabbit, rabbit. Oh, it's too early for that. Too early. Uh. Too much, too little, too late, like the great Johnny Mathis stuff. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. We'd like to uh, welcome our very special guest today. The late Johnny Mathis. No, wait. Is he, is Johnny's here? Johnny's not here? Is he alive? I'm not oh, do you need me to Google it? Johnny? I bet he's alive. He seems, he's a pretty pretty hale fella. John Royce John. Mathis, born John September Royce 30th, Mathis. 1935, is an American singer-songwriter of popular music. Starting his career with singles of standard music, he became highly popular as an album artist with several dozen of his albums achieving gold or platinum status and 73 making the Billboard charts to date. 85 years young. Oh, there you go. He looks great. Those you learned cool something glasses. new, you know? I like those glasses. Yeah. Did um, I lose you? No, no. We're just here to talk about Johnny Mathis today. To oh, dang it. Oh, he wait. On, oh, it you said, no, it said it was muted. I didn't mute anything. Ugh. Ugh. Dan. I missed you really bad. <laughs> like I was, I'm back. I'm back. Come back. Yeah, I want those Johnny Mathis glasses. Those are cool. Um... Yeah. yeah, yeah, John Royce Mathis. I um, boy, I did that thing yesterday where I wasn't thinking. I was having some Bluetooth problems, so I um used my um my touchpad to to turn off Bluetooth. But then I wasn't connected to anything, so I couldn't turn it back on. Has it been a while since? Uh, well, that doesn't. Wait, you did it on a laptop or on a pewter? Well, you know, like, I mean, I don't know a lot about automobiles, but like, um, <laughs> but, but, but the way they, they do that thing now, this has been happening on the, the Volkswagen automobiles for a while. And, you know, we, we've had those. And that where you can't lock your keys in. You know what I'm saying? I do. You can't yeah, lock your keys in the car because you need the key to lock the car, which in some ways makes a lot of sense. It's not that hotel room door, you know, that kind of fakakta locking uh, no, mechanism. Never. No. No, but in this case, you can use a Bluetooth device to turn off Bluetooth. Is is all I'm saying. That's it. It's almost a, it's almost a form of self harm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but I figured because mm-hmm. then I use then I, now luckily I've got my accessibility things on, so I could use my wired keyboard to tab 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 through the interface and turn it back on. Yeah. Otherwise, I would just have to throw this whole computer away. Yeah, I mean it's trash now. I've been really, 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 really thinking about getting. Uh, one of the new M1 Mac Minis. Now that they announced official support out of beta, but official support for Adobe Premiere. Oh, interesting. And do you use that for video? Absolutely, yes. Um, I tried. This is a fun little little story that talks about time management. It talks about uh, a lot of different things. So I I had learned... What story? What story? Well, I'm about to tell it. Oh, geez, I'm sorry. No, it's, oh, you, I mean, I can were, wait. Uh, I could tell you doing, I mean, it's your show. No, no, no. Well, I've got my Bluetooth devices. I can do anything at this point. Yeah. But you were, you were teasing, as we say. It's a teaser. It's a crap, The M1's crap, a whole pleaser. new thing. The M1 is just so people know. The M1, I don't know a lot about automobiles or, or computers, <laughs> uh-huh. but it's my understanding that this new M1 chip is very powerful and it's a big deal because it's not an Intel. You speed time was, you get a 68,000 Motorola, then you move into the Intel age. And that's yeah. where Microsoft Word wasn't very good for a while. And then, um, and now today, Apple, uh, something, something, and now Apple makes this thing called the M1 chip. And that, is it true that that same chip 
is is in their Macintosh computers and in some of their iOS and uh, iPad OS devices. Is that correct? Yes, it is. It is the chip. The M1 chip is the one that they're using in the new laptops and the new mm-hmm. Mac Minis and things like that. And I have I purchased a MacBook Pro 16 inch a couple years. It's been probably two years now, or whenever they were first announced and first available in that kind of config and you had gotten one and i got one a little bit later if i remember 2019 i want to say okay perfect uh yes and it's been wonderful it's been a great machine Mm -hmm. but and you know what like it's it's all right it's all right performance when it comes to things like adobe premiere but let me take a step back i learned how to do video editing oh man more than 15 years ago i should actually um because I learned when Final Cut Pro... I was using Adobe Premiere like in the mid to late, definitely the late, but probably the mid-90s. I was using it to make music. Yeah, I mean, it was a whole, well, it was a whole different product. I, I learned Final... It was, my first, it was my first swim lane app, I think. Was it really? It was my first... Well, I think so. I mean, I would use it to make... I was trying to make what I would call... Today, they might call it a mashup, but I was what I would just consider beat mixing. Where I was trying to find songs of roughly equivalent, uh, you know, tempos and uh, BPMs and, you know, trying to mix like, I don't know, the Arches of Loaf with James Brown or whatever. It was uh-huh. really stupid. But it was fun. <laughs> it's fun. Yeah. And I, I think I had a, a purloined copy of Premiere. I'd, I'd cracks and numbered my way into it, if memory serves. But it was it was pretty wild. As somebody who had come up and actually I was still, I don't think I was still making payments, but I was still using a four track a cassette, like a Tascam four track at my house, my home bedroom. Yeah. So the idea of having that equivalent of, well, you get these four tracks on your Tascam, which you can bounce. Right. But then the idea of having that in in software, I'm jumping even earlier than you're jumping earlier, which is that was a revelation when that came along. There was still this whole idea of offline and online editing. Oh, yeah. Very specific recollection of the day that Kurt Cobain died. My friend Richard and I, had played hooky from where we worked to go to a demonstration of, I think it's called, was it offline editing? But it was this suite. It was like a, a five figures to buy this suite that would allow you to basically pop, probably VHS or beta or whatever, the tip, basically pop tapes in and out. And it would do these like scratch files. And then when you were ready to render, you'd like put the actual tapes back in. And it was very innovative for 1994 mm-hmm. or whatever it was. But uh, and by the way, Brady's bits. Anybody from Florida? We learned a few minutes into the demo that it was being run by uh, Gordon Soley's son, the voice of oh. wrestling, the face of wrestling in the Tampa Bay area. Gordon Soley's son w- was giving us the demo. So it was a big day for celebrity, uh, you know, ups and downs. And then we got in the automobile. I don't know a lot about automobiles to drive back, and uh, that's when we heard about Kurt Cobain. Oh wow, what a memory! Yeah, you don't get to pick what you remember in life, Dan. No, or how you remember it, apparently. But that was that was uh, pretty wild. I thought of Adobe at the time. Uh, I kind of went back and forth a little bit. Like Illustrator, when Illustrator, I want to say, 3 first came out, it was so cool. And there was the point where they, uh, they, they had this new way of editing where you, you, you normally in uh, Illustrator, you would have like sort of a, I want to say like almost like a wireframe mode and like a rendered mode. And you could edit in this one mode, and then it was that's to go tick, 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 and do the thing. And then I ended up going to all this freehand, uh, and freehand became my go-to for a number of reasons. But uh, and then I got that uh, got that premiere, and it just it's I don't know. You got to remember, guys, there didn't used to be internet on your computer all the time, right? 
If you handed most kids, uh, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be an old man. Is that a three six five? <clears throat> yeah, that's a lime. Lime is back in stock, so lime is back. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's it is funny to think about. Like if you put somebody in front of a computer, most of the time, in, unless you're at a university or you know in the military, it wasn't hooked up to anything but a printer and maybe your local network. But the idea of having these apps on there, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm being I'm being a nostalgic old man. But the first time you launch an app like that. And, you know, you learn you can make these little postage stamp size movies out of it. It's pretty incredible. Yeah, so it's that's premiere. Cool. Yeah. I, I started Final Cut Pro, I think I want to say version four or well, let's say five or six, probably. So it was probably like 2005, 2006. And uh, that was a wonderful product. And then when they came out with Final Cut Pro 10 uh, the, or yeah, X, X as people like yeah. to, to say, I guess, um, that was a huge change. That was like 2011, if I remember. And I, it was completely Very controversial. So Wasn't different. It? And I went to, I went to, uh, your friend Sandy and I mm-hmm. said, what's going on with this? And he's like, no, everybody's la- leaving Final Cut Pro now. Don't, don't in- waste any more time. Don't invest any fuck more a time. Fuck up, bro. Fuck fuck a pro. Fuck up, bro. And I do remember when I took that course and I wound up going back to Premiere. Well, Premiere What's amazing about Premiere is, <clears throat> besides the fact that it's incredibly buggy and uh, and crashes sometimes, um, the the thing that's great about Premiere is when Final Cut Pro kind of went in that new direction, Premiere continued in the same direction that it had been going in, which is the direction that Final Cut Pro up through 7 had been in, which is... It, it feels and works the way that you as a video editor who learned back then would expect it to work. And it's a perfectly valid system. Now, there are people who can make Final Cut Pro, the new one, you know, really dance. And that's just not me. I couldn't get into it. I tried hard. I paid $80 for this like three-day course that I took over three days. And it, I, after the course, I'm like, okay, I want to edit the most basic video. Couldn't do it. Downloaded the trial of Final Cut uh, of uh, Adobe Premiere took mm-hmm. no classes, took no lessons, watched nothing, spent nothing, and was instantly able to edit the video and produce it. I'm like, okay, I'm going to stick with this. So I've really been liking it. But the problem is, I don't know if it's, if it's, I don't know what the cause of it is, but it's always felt slow on all of these different machines. And I've been reading these articles about how performant it is on the new M1s. Mm-hmm. And I've just been thinking that's probably what I should invest in uh but the thing that stinks about these new mac minis and everyone's been complaining about this i i'm i'm not even going to complain about it but the, it just stinks is like you can't upgrade the ram yourself you it's it's yes. soldered onto the board or sol- soldered as you would say yes. and it, it that's just like you've get that's fine i don't mind spending the extra 200 bucks and getting the 16 gig version but like that's something we should be able to do i get the closed idea with a phone and with an ipad and not upgrading something like that and even with a laptop i get but like this thing sits on your desk you should be able to just pop in new ram chips if you want i, I don't know mm-hmm. merlin yeah well uh, i have a couple of m1 mac minis uh and i popped for the one that i'm using at my desktop i don't i don't think i brought you up to speed on this Mm-mm. in a while but well my the notion had been so so i had a cheese grater for a long time yeah uh, the cheese grater was just oof, so long in the tooth. I was running hacked OS versions to get it to run at all. Cause I just didn't want to, I didn't need, I mean, I had all the power that I needed in the cheese grater. Um, and by that, I mean the Mac pro from whenever that would be 2000 something. Right. And then eventually I got 2015, I got the, uh, retina iMac, which I loved, 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 mm-hmm. but 
again, there's limitations. That iMac, um, and we'll skip over the whole confusion of what is USB-C, what is yeah, Thunderbolt, because right. that's it's just such a, a mess. But long story short, uh, that uh, computer, which I used until a few months ago, I, I still love, uh, but not having USB-C became a real impediment. Because as much as we're frustrated the USB-C isn't everywhere on, you know, all of our handheld devices, et cetera, we got this, you know, kind of weird salad bar of, of different dongles and ways of connecting things. But imagine how much worse it is to not even have that at all. And you can get, I think I mentioned this, but you can get like a converter that goes from that old school Thunderbolt, yes. Thunderbolt 2, I guess. But it doesn't do anything. It doesn't, mm-hmm. you don't get the power of USB-C, which is, becomes a real problem. Um, anyhow, uh, when I, uh, so I, I popped for, uh, an M1 Mac, I regrettably had made the error of uh, getting, going affordable rather than pro, but I got the, the cheaper M1 Mac mini because I just wanted to play with the idea of that becoming my desktop computer, Sure. which some corner of my brain thought, oh, that's, that's a toy. That's the kind of thing you run front row on for your TV or whatever. I had a very old idea based on the Mac minis that I'd had in the past. And it's a very Jurassic idea. But long story short, on on a little bit of a whim, I popped for the most tricked out Mac mini you can buy, which is, I want to say, two terabyte drive and 16 gigs of RAM. Yeah, 16 is the highest you can go on that guy. Yeah. So on the one hand, like I, I agree with you that it's frustrating that... There's not more options. I guess maybe they're trying to limit the number of SKUs. I can't pretend to understand. But this thing's a beast. I love it. It's, so it's my desktop computer now. I've got that, and I got one of these LG monitors, uh, Marco, and everybody else hates that I think is great. I have the same one, um, too. I love that thing. It's been fine. great. Wow. Well, I've had it for, I had the smaller one. The, the one you get from Apple, to the, the LG UltraFine. Yeah. It's sitting on my you desk right here. you get that thing where sometimes it, the pixels in the center are offset? By a few pixels. Do you ever get that? Um, only when it, it, and this was a problem that I talked about here on the show, uh, when it was, when it's docked with the MacBook Pro, sometimes that happens. And one of the, remember one of the secret birdie listeners emailed me and like was having me do mm. different tests and stuff with it. It seems to, that, don't. that problem seems to have gone away for me. Um, I still get it. I had it, I had it. I had it this morning. Um, but um, anyhow, uh, and that setup's been great. Now I'm not doing anything surpassingly heavier or difficult with that. But I've now, uh, I mean, uh, the jokes have left the room. So I've got an M1 uh, MacBook Pro and I've got a, um, and I've got an M1 Mac mini here on my desk. And uh, I, like I say, the kinds of things I do, I can't always see the same kind of gains, the quantifiable gains that other people have. My friend Alex, the first time they exported something from the new iPad, Mm -hmm. Alex was like, wait, this is, this is nuts. Like certain kinds, like even just like pushing something out of iMovie yeah. on iPad, like a really noticeable difference. And I, um, I can't pretend to understand that I, I know how Geekbench works or I, that I understand how Geekbench quantifies. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you should see my numbers on this thing compared to other. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, and it's supposed to be all- like um, uh, Adobe Premiere on the Mac M1. The like results that they published back in, mm-hmm. I think it was early June. I'll put this uh, link into the show notes, but they, here's what it says. I, I had found this before we were talking. They said that um, 
exporting like 4K footage. Uh, well, first they say it, it imported 187% faster. Encoding to ProRes 422 was 129% faster. And mm-hmm. then um, using like very, very compressed iPhone 4K footage at 60 FPS, it just plays smoothly. They said it launches 50% faster. Uh, you know, all of these different things. It's just faster. It's 430% faster. It's like amazing. And I'm thinking that would be great because it, it definitely gets to bogged down on this machine like but here's the weird thing here's the dumb thing Mm -hmm. the mac mini the only configuration change i made is just adding ram that's it just going up to the 16 gigs of ram i'm not talking about price delivery august 24th but a 13 inch macbook pro configured the exact same way in other words 16 gigs of ram 512 gigs of storage well it's it's uh it's available august 10th and I just think that that's really interesting. Why? Wait, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm spacing out. Tell, say that again. Give me that to me in Pigs and Bunnies. The, the, there's, there's two things you're comparing and thinking about getting. And, and tell me, what are, you, what are you talking about? Mac Mini. Sorry, I was looking at my geek bench. I apologize. <laughs> Mac, Mac Mini, August 24th. 13-inch MacBook mm-hmm. Pro, August 10th. And it's interesting that it would take that much longer, uh, two full weeks longer to get a Mac Mini. Now, it's not a big deal. I've been going along with it this far, and that's not why I'm going to make my purchase decision. But I just thought it was really interesting that they, you know, is that a supply chain thing? Is it based on demand? Everyone wants a laptop, right? I just mm-hmm. think that's interesting that they it would take them longer to pump out a, a Mac Mini than it would, uh, would right. a, a MacBook Pro. Yeah, I don't... Which seems I, I don't more complicated. I mean, I only know what I read in the paper about operation stuff, but I, I may, maybe it's that they're set up to make a lot more laptops or to scale up a bunch of laptops. When you send maybe- me this image for a second, I didn't realize you were sending the Geekbench thing. And I'm like, Merlin sure does have a lot of devices. Oh, I see what you're saying. I do. I do have a lot of devices. Though. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I, I don't even know what all this means. That's CPU sorted by single core score which i don't know it's just it's it's kind of weird though like I, if i fish around in here i could cherry pick a result that shows you how that the ipad pro is faster than a bunch of macs right now right um yeah i don't know i don't know why that is i don't i don't know why that is um but the m1 is is a hell of a thing and uh it's i don't know it's interesting to be it's interesting that like right the, the frustrations that i have with macs right now in terms of using it day to day usually has more to do with, um, I don't know, software interoperability, um, how solid it feels to use, but the hardware seems pretty good. Mm-hmm. Like I certainly, I certainly don't run into the kind of things that where I get any kind of like sort of gating factor. Um, but no, it's, it's a pretty, uh, it's a pretty exciting time. I think, I mean, yeah, yeah, I'm excited about it. I like computers. I like having a Mac. I don't like all these dongles that I have. The um the uh the LG monitor fortunately has um I can't do this off the dome, but it's got four ports on the back of the monitor. One is the like basically for connecting it. Uh, it's FireWire for connecting it. Sorry, Thunderbolt. Yes, for connecting it to your Mac. And then there's three other USB Cs, and I'm running like you know what do you call them, rat tails or like, you know, multipliers off of that. And that whole thing is still kind of a poopscape, 
because different things mean different things and can handle different things. And once you're getting into the world of dongles and splitters, you're seeing a lot. You're really going to start to notice things like, like I just tried something a second ago, which is, well, now a few minutes ago. But, you know, I'm, I'm using my old iPad Pro as a sidecar monitor now, which is, has actually been awesome to have like this, you know, almost 12 inch screen that's mm-hmm. running additionally hanging off one of these multi mounts. Right. It's actually been great. Like I can keep my messages up there. It's like the palette monitors of your, and it's really cool. Um, but like sometimes it, the connection gets goofy. You've got to like reestablish or like retrust the computer, which is fine. But mainly I just, I run that off of a USB-C that's just plugged into an outlet. It's right, not sure. plugged into the computer. But then sometimes you need to reestablish the trust, uh-huh. like in a relationship. Uh-huh. <laughs> and But when you do that, then sometimes it gets confused. And like, for example, the USB-C port on one of these splitters that's connected, like, I don't know, I guess it's too far away from the Mac. It's going through the LG. So I've got to connect it to a cable that's going to go like more directly into the Mac mini. It's just that kind of stuff right now where I think it's, it's a little bit confusing. And sometimes it does make Apple products feel a little bit like a Sony Vio where you're like, you know, <laughs> there's just like the world's largest asterisk on right. the c- compact portability of this. Right. Like, Oh no, I'm sorry. Sony requires you to buy an uh, aftermarket add on escape key. Like if you want to have that, it's a proprietary escape mm-hmm. key title. Mm-hmm. So anyway, <laughs> um, where are we going with this? I'm also interested in this idea, though, of so, – so what's your plan right now? And then I want to hear about something you like, and then I want to talk about uh, – I want to revisit an old topic that I like, if we can, of like – The alligator one? Up, the alligator in the bathroom. You know, like that English beat song. Yeah. Alligator in the bathroom. Um, but we'll come back to that. So what's your plan right now? You, 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 you're still – you enjoy Premiere. Premiere has been – now you've gotten the official okie-dokie from your brain – to get uh, a, a new fancy M1 because you can use Premiere on it, correct? I it would be much faster at that stuff, and then I would have a dedicated desktop machine. I've you know I'm I'm not really doing that much laptoping stuff anymore, and I don't know. I think I think it's time for me to go back. And of course, <clears throat> excuse me, I would much rather get a Mac, uh, just a Mac Pro, not an iMac Pro, but a Mac Pro. Uh, mm-hmm. But they don't they don't currently make one. That um that would would be in anywhere near my price range or budget or anything like but that. But did, did I read correctly? Did I see a headline this morning that it's going to have Intel stuff in the next macro? Did I see that? Oh, I I haven't seen that. Let me look for that. I'll that look for it right now. Dude, I didn't even need a I'm reason. Probably missing. I'm probably wrong. But 2022 Mac Pro rumored to use Intel's Ice Lake Xeon Xeon, Xeon. W3 oh. Xeon W3300 chips. I mean that's no, a that's, that's a, a really good rumor. workstation mm-hmm. CPU, so that makes sense. But I'm really surprised they wouldn't be doing the M1s in there. I don't understand anything. Like, why would you not? That seems weird. But they must have their reasons. Hmm. Oh, there's a lot of dumb articles here. You just Apple just is working this. on a smaller Mac Pro that's about half the size of the original, and it's expected to include an Apple Silicon chip. But alongside it, they're developing a new version of the current Mac Pro. Oh well, there you go. That's exciting. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, I can't, I can't yeah, wait yeah. for that. It's funny, though, how I burn sort of hot, not, not hot and cold, but cool and warm. Mm. Where, like, you know, um, I mean, I, I, uh, you can get that cool uh, keyboard case, you know, for an iPad, like, that has the touchpad and everything now. Yeah. And, like, using that on the big iPad is pretty amazing. Using that on the small iPad is cute. 
it's not I, I I couldn't spend a ton of time on a 11 inch iPad Pro using the keyboard. That's just that would drive me crazy. Madness. But now that I've got that nice MacBook Pro, I mean that's mainly what I use like when I'm at home. Mm-hmm. I've uh, my family loves this kind of stuff. But I've set up. Um, actually, I was doing the um, what's the Mac sales? OWC. Oh, One World Computing. I got the OWC. Yeah. I got the OWC uh, Thunderbolt. Uh, port thing mm-hmm. that came out a few months ago mm-hmm. and that kind of hides behind the couch and then I've got one Thunderbolt 4 cable going from that between the cushions of the uh, Burrow thank you Burrow and that goes to my laptop computer so I can just use that right there with one little you know attachment right sure I mean, that's pretty great but there are times when like I really love having um, I mean it's just, it's just interesting to me to think about like in this case the, the, the life cycle of this iPad Pro you know and my plan all along was for this to become like a sidecar monitor. Right. And I can't remember the exact sequence of events, but one of the ideas was like when universal control comes along and that's going to be amazing. You know, I shoot, I could set up my own. I could look like a freaking Guilfoyle here. I could have <laughs> yeah. so many monitors flying <laughs> up in the air. You know? Yeah, sure. Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, a LeVay Satanist, uh-huh. but uh, that would, uh, but you know, that's interesting life cycle of that because that used to be my comic reading machine, my movie watching machine. And now it's like, now it's really more part of my Mac setup. Right. Um, love having that. What was my point about this? I don't know. Yeah. No, it's an interesting time. Uh, interesting time. Uh, uh, a little ice lake. Zion. Dan, why don't you tell me we got a bunch of sponsors today. Why don't you tell me about something you like? Oh man, I would love to tell you about Linode. Linode. So up in the cloud. It's in the cloud. Yes, Linode. So they've given us a special URL. The the special URL is linode.com slash back to work spelled out. L-I-N-O-D-E dot com. Now, I cannot say enough good stuff about Linode. They have been, well, first of all, they've been voted the top infrastructure as a service provider by both G2 and Trust Radius, Merlin. Now, this is the thing. That seems like a pretty big deal. It is. They've got a award-winning support, 24-7, 365. To all levels, it's not like you get to have like some high-end account to get the support. Uh, but this is amazing, especially if you're a developer. And really, they've been around since 2003. And I love this company. I love what they do. Everything that I have, both for 5x5 and all of the servers that I have for Fireside, the podcast hosting platform, All of it resides on Linode, and it has since the very beginning. They've got the best price-to-performance value for compute instances. They've got shared. They've got dedicated. They've got high memory. They've got the GPUs, if that's your thing, if you're doing that kind of stuff, because GPUs are used for a lot of other things besides just games nowadays. And they have this new upcoming thing called the bare metal release. But basically what they do is they make cloud computing simple. They make it affordable. They make it accessible. You can focus on your customers instead of your infrastructure. And so if you go to linode.com slash back to work, you make a free account using Google or GitHub or just your email address. But if you already have a Google account, you already have a GitHub account, you could just fly right in. You'll get $100 credit. That's wow. a lot, especially because they have servers that start at like they five bucks a month. I don't think they have to give you that. When they, when they say it's a credit, it's not a credit as in like, oopsie doopsie, we, we overcharged your card. They're just giving you. They're, They're just, just like, giving not, it. I guess John Roderick claims that there's no such thing as free money, but but in this instance, uh, they're giving you credit. Yeah. And, did you say it's a hundred bucks? A hundred bucks if you go to Linode. A lot of credit. Linode.com. Too much credit, if you ask me. 
I love crazy. I love these guys. They're doing great work. They've got everything that you need, even if you need like the block storage stuff. Like they've got everything, and they've been awesome, awesome uh, with us. And one of the things I use a lot is the cloning feature where you can have a server that's up mm. and running. And let's say you get, let's say you, you know what your service that you built now, it just got covered. It just got linked on Reddit or something big, some big deal. And now you're getting tons, tons, tons more traffic. It's not like, Oh man, I got to go configure a new server. No, you don't. Don't be like that. Don't be silly. Mm-hmm. Can you clone it, Dan? Can you just clone? clone it. You throw it behind a load balancer and you've Hmm. automatically got like this amazing scaling solution. Like it couldn't be easier. I do this stuff all the time with Linode. They're great. Anyway, enough about them. Go, just go there. Do yourself a favor. Get a hundred bucks in credit. Linode.com slash back to work. Thanks very much to Linode for making their show possible. Merlin Mann. It's a different, different key there in a different pitch. Have you noticed that? Well, it depends how you're tuning. You might, oh, you might, you might have tuned to, I I tuned to 442. Is that Um, an open tuning or? Yep, yep, yep. You drop the E. You know what I found in the e, closet? E, I found e, my ukulele in the closet, Merlin. Oh, <laughs> like the English beat song. Ukulele in the closet. <laughs> you found your ukulele. How did it tune? Did it tune up okay? Tuned fine. But I feel really, like it needs better you, strings. You know, like, like if you don't know you're not going to be playing an instrument like that for a while, it's a good... It, well, if you know you're not going to, it's a good idea to kind of loosen the strings a little bit so you don't, you know, warp the neck. At least, yeah. That's what I always learned. I don't know if that's correct, but that's what I always learned. And sometimes, you know, you got you to tune way back up. It's always the G and the B, at least on a guitar. Um, I don't know the strings on a uke. I know the cherries are ripe and my dog has fleas. Is it a four-string ukulele, a traditional Hawaiian uh, four-string ukulele? Yes, ukulele? a, um, a, a uh, soprano. A soprano is the high one, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The little one. I got my kid a tenor one because I, I wanted her to look smaller. The Peter Jackson issue. <laughs> right. You just, you move the table uh, while the camera moves. Oh my God. Isn't that insane? <laughs> it's like, isn't there an easier way to do that? Do you really have to have a table like that? That's crazy. I mean, it works. I still don't understand it. I've watched those videos, that particular one you're talking about. Yes. It's a weird, it's I love it. Frodo and then the table moves and it's like, oh my God, I've watched it so many times. Friend of the show, Todd Vizari up in uh, your neck of the woods, always posts the most amazing, fun videos on Twitter. And one of them that he yep. posted recently was like a behind-the-scenes shot of the, um, the like, was it a bus terminal or hospital escape scene with uh, Harrison Ford being chased by Tommy Lee Jones and The Fugitive? Mm-hmm. And it's like a behind-the-scenes shot of, like, them filming it. It's no big deal, but, like, it's no big deal. But I love... Oh, no, I love that I stuff. love that, and I asked him... You ask him about that. You ask him, you uh, say, why, why aren't there more of these? Right. And he says, there's somebody shooting everything all the time. I look at Twitter you, What you do is you put... You get one of those... You know those, like, lights that uh, your your uncle would have on his forehead? Yeah. It's like a strap light that goes around for so when he's up in the attic or in the crawl when space. When he was a minor. Mm-hmm. You, put, you get one of those, you put a GoPro in there, and you have some intern just stand there. Just the whole time mm-hmm. you're filming. That way you get a behind. This is like when I remember uh, Nothing Else Matters video by Metallica, your, your friends. And mm-hmm. they had, it was like a behind the scenes in the studio recording of it. And, and it was just them in the studio. I'm like, that's all I ever want from any video. That's all I yeah, ever want. Monster. It was just, it was just Lars with a minor hat playing those phone books <laughs> like he does. That's right. Bugada, bugada, bump. Get a, get a kid, put a GoPro on his forehead and call it a day. Yep. Call it a day. Call it a day. Diodario uh, EJS6F5S Pro Arte Custom Extruded Nylon Ukulele ooh, who, I, I missed the beginning of that. Are you talking about Jamie Phelps? What was that name again? Amazon's Choice. Oh, I thought you were talking about JXPX1138. <laughs> okay. I remember the him. Where did it happen to him? 
I talk to him all the time. He's a he's a text follow up guy. He'll he'll follow up with with a text to me sometimes, which I enjoy. You know, he did his music theory homework in pen. He was and that confident. He was that confident. He did it in. Oh pen? yeah, he did music theory in pen, and he he, he can uh, do that theology like ringing a bell. No, wait a second. And his eschatology, not not the German kind. This is an important, the important question because I know you know more about yes, stringed instruments than I do these days. Eh, do I really want Nile Tech custom extruded? rectified black nylon or titanium strings. I'm not joking. I'm 100% serious. Um, I mean, uh, I don't know a ton about ukuleles, but like, isn't that more likely to be like a classical type string? Yeah, it but is. You're want, it's, but you're not going to, titanium sounds to me like a metal string and, but Nile, on the low Nile tech or custom. That sounds made up, Dan. This feels like some kind of like a, uh, comp for ukuleles. Jake and Jake. You know about my ukulele? Now I'm going to have to watch that movie tonight. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you about my mother. <laughs> Rectified. Did they ask you a question? Uh, they were prepared for me. <laughs> oh, the, the the gif of that scene with the ceiling fan. I could just watch it all day. Which one? Oh, the one. Home again, home again. Jiggity jig. There's, a, runner, gi- there's a, a gif of it. I don't know about that. See, you know. Okay. Oh, yeah. We say gif now, right? I, I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I don't know what you say. Yeah, I, I don't know. I've capitulated, except when I forget to capitulate. Um, I don't know the answer to that. I'm frequently struck. I guess this is not a new problem. But I've got, I've got some stringed instruments. And more saliently, I've got some stuff that could really use a little bit of help, a little bit of love, a little bit of repair. Um, and like, for example, on my, my, God, my now, what, 30-year-old Epiphone? My my electric from the Bacon Ray days mm-hmm. is like the the um the jack and the um knobs are both really could really use some love. Probably like be rewelded not rewelded, what do you call it? Resoldered. But like I get a lot of the sound drops out and I gotta go checka 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 with the pot to try <laughs> to get it to play right. And that needs some love. I um I could use uh yeah, just a variety of things. I could use some use some help. I it's it's hard for me these days to find things to repair things. I can't find anybody to fix the tire on my Segway. It's like am I the only person who owns a Segway in San Francisco? I think not. No. 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 And, and shut up because it's awesome. But like there's that and I'm, the people are like, No, no, we won't touch that. And like we're a bike store. And I'm like, Yeah, but tires are tires, right? And it's like, oh you know what you're talking about. Uh, one's the last time we tried to run a stop sign on a Segway. So I, uh, anyway, the point being, the point being that like, I, I try to get help with these things. There's even like a local here, a place that does mainly music lessons, but has some light instrument, um, repair. And like one time I brought in my guitar uke, cause I wanted to just give me, you know, do what we used to call setup. Like I want you to just like clean it up, make sure it's cool, change the strings, Make it make sure everything's cool on. And he's like, uh, I don't know. I'm not really sure. I've never worked on one of these. I'm like, dude, it's just a small guitar. You know? Mm-hmm. And a senorita, I'm in trouble again and I can't get free. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Your little guitar sing to me. <laughs> you gotta keep your head on a swivel with me. Yeah, no, you gotta Anyway, stay I'm frequently alert. disappointed. Time was, you'd go in and there'd be a music, local music store, okay? And listen, I don't want to cast an aspersion. I only know what I know. Every music store that I have ever seen that's not like a thoroughbred, it's owned by a guy named Rick who plays lead guitar in a shitty... That's fine. That's fine. Heavy metal band. His name is Rick, and he loves cocaine. But you could take stuff to... Every music store in Florida is owned by someone named Rick. Show me the lie. 
And, you know, Rick served some time, you know, for a low-level dealing thing, you know. Stole his girlfriend's car, ex-girlfriend's car. You know, Rick. You know Rick, right? Of course. Rick. Yeah, right. I mean, we were just yeah. hanging out the other day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in like a, I don't know, his band's called something like Paper Dragons or something. Mm. But anyway, you, um, but you take it to Rick, and Rick can fix your pots. Rick, Rick can, uh, can solder your holes and do, and do all the sorts of things that you need so it doesn't, you know, that kind of thing. I find it harder and harder to get things like that fixed, and that frustrates me. I got a bunch of things like that, Dan. I really need help. I mean, I'm here. I'm here for you. I'm here to help. Yeah, I guess so. Um, in a month and a half, it's going to be 20 years since the release, release of System of a Down's album, Toxicity. 20 oh, is that like a milestone uh, for you? Or? It is for me. I love that record. Mm. You know uh, the song Chop Suey? You know the song I'm talking about? <laughs> sing it for me. Oh, let's see. <laughs> oh, it would be really, really unfortunate if I tried to sing that song right now. Yeah, I want to hear it. It's that song that goes, uh, the, the, the chorus goes, I can't even trust in my self-righteous suicide, I cry <laughs> when angels deserve to die. You don't know that song? I don't think I know that one. Produced by Rick Rubin. It's very distinctive. That that song's called Chop Suey. And then they've got that actual song that goes, I'm not toxicity. They're all from Armenia. They're all Armenian. You know the trick for Armenian? There's a, there's, a, there's a mnemonic, because when you hear Armenian, I-A-N, a lot of Armenian people's names end in I-A-N. Did you ever notice that? I had never thought about that. Okay, well, go look up, go look up, System of a Down. Now, they had the Jay-Z problem. The greatest Jay-Z record of all time and the greatest System of a Down record of all time, if memory serves, both came out, well, they might have been a week apart. But I'm pretty sure the Blueprint by Jay-Z came out on uh, 9-11-2001. And I believe Toxicity... I can look it up. Uh, came out like a week before that. Remember that media we lost in the lights? I mean, the blueprint, obviously, it's the greatest Jay-Z record. Mm, I think but, it stands the test of time pretty well. Oh, my God. It's so good. I mean, that and the Black Album, pretty great. Black Album, I never can get bored of that album. And that, I played it the Gray. I, I had to go find a Samus.com copy of the Gray Album. But uh, as somebody who... Is that you know, the acapella one? Is that what? It's the one, the Danger Mouse one. Oh, that's a mashup yes. of oh, White gosh, Album and Black all Album. about that one. Absolutely. Yep, 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 yep. He's got uh, 99 problems, but uh, Obla D, Obla Da ain't <laughs> one. Or some such. Yes. System of a Down. I did not prepare a lot for today. System of a Down. Um, yeah, so their names are Surge. I'm going to probably pronounce these wrong, and I apologize to the band in advance. Surge, uh, well, the singer guy, right? Surge. Hmm. Serge Tankian, hmm. Darren Malakian, Shavo Adagian, John Dom... No, his is A-Y-A-N. And then you got Anton Rick Kachurian. Yeah. I think it's pronounced Kachurian. It's really good. Kachurian. Uh, it's, it's a good video, too. Hmm. Yeah. You know the song, right? It starts sure. out with the acoustic... It's got a nice little slide there. Mm-hmm. What about you guys? Hey, chime in in comments. If you have thoughts about System of a Down, let us know down below. Hit that bell. Apps. Um, are you using apps? Yeah. What are, you, what are you doing with them? I'm using apps. Uh, you know, sometimes I use programs. Sometimes I use apps, protocols, mm-hmm. platforms, mm-hmm. platformers. Yeah. I'll, you know, Adobe Super, Super Mario Brothers, Super Mario, Super Sales. Which one am I? Dan, I think I just might send, be having some send kind of one dollar. Just event. send in one dollar. One dollar. You remember that? The Super Sales? Two dollars. My two dollars. I want my two dollars. Um, 
Want my two dollars? Automobile. Anyway, <laughs> system. <laughs> There's literally four people who know what we're talking about. Right oh no, no, it's a running bit on rectifs because because John's constantly reminding me how problematic the movies of John Hughes are. And then I don't do the full voice, but I'll, I'll lean just slightly into the voice, and I will say automobile. Uh-huh. Where's Grandpa's automobile? And they fix it up. The two of them, the two of them, three shaped to the wind, Fred. I haven't seen that in a long time. Is it worth? Is it worth watching again? Not with a kid. No, but it is funny. Oh, here's a photo of me. I just got a haircut. I got I got a professional haircut and I shaved, and uh, I look kind of like what they in the community call a bear. I think. B e a r from people. B a r e. B a r e. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Because of my chaps. Or b h e r, like the paint. Oh, right. Sure. You go in and get it mixed up. You know what I mean? I'm more of a... You, um, ask for, you say to them, please mix up my paint. And they wink. Now, which is the one the that bear. has ba- bear? There's bear. There's yeah, Glidden. There's, bear, there's bear. Benjamin Moore. They're not the ones that cover the world, though. That might be Glidden or Dutch Boy. Uh-huh. Dutch Boy. Dutch Boy. I got to go out and get some Dutch Boy. <laughs> well, I know you can, get a Dutch ba- you can get a Dutch baby. You can get an Apple Brown Betty. But if you get a Dutch boy, I think you shouldn't use your actual name. If you go to UPS, I'm sorry, I don't want to. I don't want to throw UPS under the Dutch bus. If you go somewhere and say, "I'm here to pick up my Dutch boy," uh-huh. they'll know what you. I mean. think you. Yeah, maybe too well. Gotta get that paint mixed up. Anyways, <laughs> um, no, I don't really have anything too good here. Um, we could also do some. We could. Uh, we have an open thread and answer questions uh, from the audience. Yeah. <laughs> We could listen to the System of a Down record, Toxicity. Toxicity. Now I kind of want to sit here and listen to Chop Suey with you because it's really good. I don't know if you'd like it. It's it's very, see, there's there's a phrase we don't use anymore because it's become, as they say, in the community, problematic. Okay. I think at the time, I don't even want to say this. You know what? I'm not going to say this. Well, you have to. You've built it all up. Now we're all waiting. Well, but see, now if I say this two-word phrase, I think it's going to make you not as interested in listening, I'll listen. I'll listen. I promise I'll listen. Either okay, way, no, you can listen. say the Pull phrase. We're not going to put it in the show. We're not going to put it in the show. I need to get this out of the way, though. I'm going to send you a link, and then we're going to do a three, two, one, click. Okay, are you familiar with doing three, two, one, click? That's where that what we listen to the same thing at the same time or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You pull. You say three, two, one, click, and then when I say click, that's when you click on, it, and then it starts playing. We're not going to include the audio because we don't want. Well, we'd get sued. We'd get instantly. Com- well, we're sued. trying to figure out what the company is. But you know, some kind of big, uh, big, big metal would be out after us, like Metallica or something. Chorus. Big metal. What vodka? What big metal? Metallica. Oh, Metallica. They were on. They used to be on. I know this. Not Asylum. They used to be on. Um, they weren't on Metal Blade. What were they on? I don't remember. Okay, uh, guys, we're listening to the. I'll put this in show notes. System of a damn. Where are people finding show notes? For episode no, it's a one it's like uh, five four one yeah just go to work dot limo slash five four one please uh, to get these so, so you guys can pull this up I mean this won't make any sense because of the way we edit this show we edit extensively mostly for content we're just gonna do a verse and a course oh, when is that picture of you from with the uh, mustache yesterday <clears throat> yeah you should see it before I shave though oof I look bad I went I went to I went to my operator Judy and got my first professional haircut in over a year. She was really happy to see me. I was happy to see her. Yeah. But I also, I use it as an opportunity to shave off a month and a half of beard. Ooh, I look rugged, Dan. I well, here, bet. you can see here. Okay. So I did it in stages. My family demanded that I do it in stages and do several different comedy shavings. Um, this is the first one. And you can see I didn't succeed, but sent. I was trying to do um, 
Ehrlich Bachman. And that one didn't quite work out because I didn't have enough contrast, I think. Oh, this, no. Yeah, you're, I mean, you've got a Deadwood thing going in the, there for sure. Well, wait, you see the next one. Are you ready for this? Yes. This is like a Deadwood. Okay, the next one. This is actually the third of five. This is um, Deadwood meets, um, who's the black cat guy? Westworld. I kind of I look like a host there. Oh, you know, don't have much with of a the, the midsection you. taken out. Yeah. Midsection taken out. What do you think of that? Comedy biker mustache? I like, like it. No, I'm, I'm here for mm-hmm. all of this. It's a good look. It really ages me. That's a good haircut. Two and a half on the sides, flat top. Well, that's the problem. That's the one of the big things about a beard is it, if, it can kind of go gray like sooner rather than Oh, that's than good later. though. I mean, it's like I say to my daughter, and I've said this so many times to you, Dan, there's only really two options. You know, either stay alive or you don't. Uh-huh. Either get older or you don't. Uh-huh. Um, we're at second zero of System of a Down's Chop Series. Then we're going to talk about apps. I'm going to hear more about something that Dan likes. We might do a catch up on smart devices and calendars. Yep. I just mainly want to listen to this song right now. You ready? Yes. Three. Wait, wait, two, wait, wait, wait. Hold on. I'm not like that oh, ready. Okay, now I'm that ready. ready. Now I'm that ready. Dan, Dan, are you ready? Yes. Do you know what that means? Yeah. Three, two, one, click. Okay, Dan and I just listened to the first minute and nine seconds of Chop Suey, exclamation point, by System of a Down. Uh, I like, I like heavy, heavy, uh, uh, heavy issue. I don't even know what to call it. So Dan, what I was going to say was at the time, ugh, I think they re- were, they might even still be regarded as new metal. New N E W or N U. Yeah, no, N U. but they're not, it's not like, you know, the biscuit boys or whatever, all right. those terrible, you know, like, like kind of like sexual assaulty bands. Ugh, you know? I don't like that guy. I don't like that. Not a fan, but I like these guys. 20 years, Dan. It's been 25 years since Sloan's One Chord to Another. Now that one, woof. That's wild. Sloan from uh, Ferris Bueller or? What? Sloan. What? That was his girlfriend in- um, Oh, Sloan, how it is in their family. How could you forget her? No, no, no. The Halifax, uh, Nova Scotia band, Sloan. It's a hell of a story. The the comeback of uh, One Chord to Another. It's a hell of a story. Look at my favorite Canadian band. I mean, I got a lot of favorite Canadian bands. I I, I like a lot of Canadian bands. This is this is known, you know. Yeah, I mean. Anyway, I like music. Um, you know, I like uh, I like hard rock. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. So Dan, what do you want to talk? What do you want to What do you want to talk about today? We get, this is going to be one of our marathon episodes. We've got a lot to cover. I just don't know what it is yet. Yeah, no, I mean we could do the follow up stuff that you want to do. We could talk about it. that follow up premiere, stuff. whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, whatever you want to do. Don't need a reason. Do you want to tell me about a, another thing that you like? Yeah, sure. I mean, I'm happy to tell you about Masterclass, for example. Oh, I love Masterclass. Me too. Masterclass. It is an app. Okay, think of it as an app. And it is okay, it I'm is accessible it. on your phone, on the web, uh, on your Apple TV, uh, really anywhere that there is a screen. And they offer classes in a wide variety of topics. They are taught by world-class masters at the top of their fields. That is why it's called Master Class. So they take each class. It's broken out into individual video lessons. There's the downloadable materials. All of this allows you to explore what they're teaching at your own pace. They have hundreds of video lessons from I think more than 75 of today's most brilliant minds, okay? And like I said, you got an Amazon Fire TV, they got you covered. You got an- you're on Android, that's fine. They got they got you covered. On See, all it doesn't access- matter to them how you watch it. You say it's an app, but there's a light inside the app. You get David Lynch in your app, for example. Yes. But you can watch it wherever you want to watch it. They're not going to they're not going to sweat that. No, and they want you to watch it everywhere. Now, a single class is 90 bucks, which is fine if you just want to jump in, but if you want an all, this is what I recommend, an all-access pass 
is only 180 bucks a year. That gives you access to every single one of these. You're talking about masters in their class. You've got Chris Voss doing the art of negotiation. You got Bobby Brown. That's doing a the, very. We talked about this, Dan. Mm-hmm. That's a very good one. Very good one. You got Bobby and Brown. And it's not what you think. That Chris Voss guy. He's going to tell you stuff. It's not like you know. I think if I always think of um, uh, the comedian that I like in, in Best in Show. Remember we talked about this in Best uh, in Show. He's the guy who's like who tries to talk suicides off of buildings and stuff like that. And he's yeah, terrible at it. Yes. He tries to get his son off the roof. <laughs> Jeff, what's his name? It's a comedian. You like come down here right now, or I'll gouge your, your eyes out. <laughs> that guy. Uh, yes. He's great. I'm not wearing underpants. Uh-huh. <laughs> Masterclass. Uh-huh. You, you get all of those. It could be ninety dollars for the one. You just get the. Do you recommend people get the the one with all of them? I that's what I do because it's a much better value. And once you've watched one of these things, you're going to say to yourself, "This was much better than just sitting around watching Netflix. I learned something. I was entertained, and the way that they film them is amazing. It doesn't really matter what it is that you're interested in. They're beautifully it, got made. Something beautifully on made. Yep, yes. Yep, yep. Yes. So no, just to be clear here, like, you know, um, I'm not trying to slag anybody here, but I could understand somebody saying, oh, you know, there's plenty of really good video content. I learned how to sharpen a knife yesterday by looking at Internet videos. But I'm here to tell you, as good as that sharpening man's video was, his big trick is you put um, you put uh, Sharpie on the edge so you can see if you're hitting the right parts when you're when you're honing. Oh, yeah, sure, sure. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about like this. It looks like a movie. Like these, it, no, it's and they're filmed different. like they're different. It's yes. not just all people on the same. It's not you know uh, you know uh, Peter Gregory standing up on on the TEDx stage talking about how you should drop out of college. No, these are all different and they're bespoke and they've got a mood and a feeling. And the Gordon Ramsay one does not look like the David Lynch one. Does not look like right. the Shonda Rhimes one. Right. A lot of time and care and consideration was put into these things, and it works. And you know, the, again, I I always find it weird that my favorite one is the Danger Mouse one. I love that. Oh, one. interesting. I I'm a, I like the David Lynch one. I should watch the Danger Mouse one. It's very cool. Like I don't think I'm going to be producing that kind of music like ever. But wait it, a minute, did I, is that the guy who did the the Gray album? Yeah, yeah. He's the guy that does uh, Crazy with Narles Barkley. Is yeah, that him? Yeah, I think so. That's, he's not Dead Mouse. Dead Mouse. Dead is Mouse. Dead. No, that's what I said. Danger Mouse. Dead oh, Mouse. Dead, 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 dead Mouse. Five. See, I got you yeah, confused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me. Dead Mouse Five. Got it. Got it. Got he's it. really good. Really good. Is he? Is he wearing the helmet? Not a, not in the videos. Am I thinking of Daft Punk? Who am I thinking? No, no, of? he Does has, a, Punk he has a, mouse a giant mouse uh, helmet because he's shy. Oh, I see a mouse helmet. You okay. should appreciate that. You're a little shy. I love that. Huge fan of mice. Huge fan. <laughs> so anyway, so you go to, you go there and like, is there a URL or something? Like, how do they even get to nah, the master class? Nah, just to let they, them figure it out. They say it three times in a mirror. That kind of thing. <laughs> right. That's cool. That's cool. <laughs> oh, I guess they we should read the URL. Oh, if you would, do you mind? It's masterclass, masterclass.com slash back to work. So this is the thing. Go there. I recommend that you get every masterclass because as a back to work listener, you're going to get 15% off their annual all access pass. 15% off. Masterclass.com slash back to work. Back to work. They should call it a master pass. Or a master key, master. You get all the master classes when you get the master. Do you want to give that to them for free? Do you want them to have? You know what? I take it back. Cut all that out. Okay, I'll edit this. Do you want to watch that video of System of a Down again? Yeah, I haven't seen that in ages. Um, Hey, our thanks to Master Clef. (laughs) Our our thanks to Master Clef. No, no, not you, pro like me. (laughs) May I mambo dog face to the banana patch? (laughs) Our thanks to Master Class for supporting Five by Five and Back to Work. That last part, I did my. National Public Radio voice. We do, we do mind. The dude minds. The dude minds. 
Um, I saw a picture, a photograph in the last week of Philip, what purports to be Philip Seymour Hoffman in his dorm room as a lad. Oh, yeah? Yeah, and it looks like my kind of dorm room. He's it's such real a great lesson. actor. He's so good. Oh, he's so great. Did you ever go back and watch Boogie Nights? Oh, you know what we should do? Let's do all of our follow-up, follow-through, follow-in, follow-out, follow-overs. Uh-huh. Now we'll do some of our recapping. Okay. Did you, um, did you ever end up watching? So I've given you a bunch of, uh, of non, uh, non, uh, non uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Canonical. Canonical, non-required homework. I've given mm-hmm. you more of what I would call reserve reading. Mm. Reserve reading is basically passive-aggressive homework, if memory serves. Because you got homework where you got to turn stuff in, but they'll be like, oh, yeah, like, and if you care, like, you could go read these articles at the library. Oh, why don't you just head on over there? It's not homework, but, like, the one people who care could go read it. <laughs> it really goes by Joan Diddy, and I don't know if you can be troubled to read it. Yeah. Reserve reading. Pa- do you like that passive-aggressive homework? <clears throat> yes. Anyway, college. What a racket. We talked about college on the last episode of Rectus, and it's really good. Um, so, um, homework things, you watch Masterclass. Mm-hmm. Dan, what do you want to talk about? I, I could go all day. I mean, start with something and I'm, I'm game for it. There's different kinds of follow-up, uh, that we could do if you wanted to do follow-up. Yeah. Oh, here's or... that picture. I'll send it to you. Yeah. I, you know, uh, I think we've, we've, we've talked about this in some form or fashion. I don't mean to be opening a new thread when we have so many open threads, but, uh, when you were talking about Premiere, I don't know. I'm just always reminded of like, like there's these weird spectra which is, I think, a word I just made up, uh, spectrums of, like, or axes of, like, what... When you have to learn an app or you have to do a thing... How can I put this? This yeah. is a really big... This is a really big idea. Sure. But, you know, have you ever had things where... Again, obviously, I've been watching a lot of Silicon Valley, um, which has just become sort of my... I don't know how this happened exactly, but I stumbled back onto it. I, I know I love it, but I forgot how much I loved it. Yeah. And uh, the characters. Oh, my gosh, yes. Jared. I'm so obsessed with Jared right now. But um, I was going back and watching that. You know, and there's that, a pretty funny episode where Richard finally gets a girlfriend. and But, of course, he breaks up with her because she uses spaces rather than tabs. <laughs> and then they get into, which is, I mean, it's a little bit hacky. But, but no, I think for a mainstream audience, it's not that hacky. But it's also true. There are people who have, but then they also mention, like, Vim and Emacs. And mm-hmm. like, well, how do you get into Vim versus Emacs? Well, you know, I learned just enough VI to be dangerous because on a terminal, like in my Telnet account, that's how you would edit a file. You like had to know enough VI to just be able to do the most basic stuff. Sure. I mean, I've got a book about it. I never learned it. I've got Stallman's Emacs book. I just don't have enough fingers to read it. Uh-huh. But good, good ha one. ha ha! What is it about now? In that case, it might be because you use had to use VI so much or Pine or whatever that you got okay good at it because you had to, right? But then there's other kinds of things where like you just find yourself more attracted to this rather than that. And you know there are innumerable even in this episode we've already had innumerable innumerable examples of what I'm talking about because in the 90s there was a real like function or. Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Not a war exactly, but before, uh, I hope I'm remembering this right. But time was that it was basically, if you were in the graphics, the, the you know, prosumer-ish graphics world, you were generally using Aldis products, mm-hmm. which then became Adobe products. Right. Like you were using, but you were using this or you were using that. Like there were Illustrator people and there were freehand people. You know what I mean? Yes. There were like, even even down to like, it got to, by the mid to late 90s, there were entire suites. 
Like I was using, again, I think this became Adobe, but there was Go Live Cyber Studio. <clears throat> but then you could also get like Adobe DreamWorks and DreamWorks had an integration and there's all these different things. But, you know, talk about narcissism of minor differences. These differences are not minor to the people who are choosing their side in the great app war. But there's just certain kinds of apps where you like, this is what I've always used. I can't understand why anybody would use something else. And again, apropos of our previous discussion, when that Premiere came out, a lot of, or excuse me, when that Final Cut, Fuck Up Pro came out, a lot of people freaked. Yes. In the same way that when they changed all the key commands on Photoshop, a lot of people freaked. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because that becomes your tool bench. That becomes the thing that you know how to do. The thing where you're not, I mean, maybe you're a fan and you're like a, you know, you're a, uh, you're, you know, fighting in the Clone Wars over which app is good and all the other ones are terrible. Sure. But I just think it's so interesting how, you know, there's not the number of sort of mid-level Mac apps that there used to be. There's been a lot of shaking out in the market. But I still think it's so interesting when something comes along that it can make you feel like a real weirdo, where your friends all really like this one app that, like, I think a good, a pretty good example today are independent graphics apps. There are people out there like Syracuse, I think, who still lease a copy of Photoshop, who still, like, lease a copy of Lightroom. But a lot of us are like, okay, do you like Pixelmator? Or do you like Acorn? Or mm-hmm. do you like, you know, the other ones? And I like them all. Uh, I like, I, Acorn is what I use on the Mac. I love, their names are so bad. I want to say Pixelmator Photo on iPad is one of the single best apps I've ever used. It's got machine learning to like improve your photos. It does all this amazing stuff. But like, it's just, I just always think it's so interesting. How can I put this? The opposition that I want to address here that I think is an interesting idea is just, you know, you try something one time that's a, like a different thing than the app you usually use for something, right? So an example here, let's say, for example, that you had been using Final Cut Pro and then you open up Premiere and it doesn't make sense in the same way. Right. It's almost like going to Canada. It's just similar enough to make you crazy and in some ways. But like for me, that was like I never wanted to learn Logic or Final Cut because everything that I needed, quote unquote, for making, for assembling podcasts I could do in the ancient version of GarageBand. It's really all I needed. It seemed like overkill for me to have to go in and have all those buttons and all of that, right? And so sometimes it makes us a little bit incurious, if we're being honest. If you've got a job that you need to do, who takes that much time to sharpen the saw and try 10 different apps? Well, right. people with ADHD. <laughs> but, but, but truthfully, like I think it's so interesting, though, because there, isn't it also true, though, that there's some things where it's absolutely worth the curiosity and absolutely worth the effort, right? So maybe you don't need to go to an Emacs level of crazy. You don't need to find a way to put your entire life into this Emacs outline. But isn't it interesting that there are some times where we feel a resistance to using a new or different app because it feels lesser or it feels too complicated or whatever that is. But then how do we know when it's worth sticking with long enough to derive more functionality and mm-hmm. more to realize like once you're in there and going, Oh, now I see why people use Emacs or now I see why people use Photoshop or in my case, I guess Descript is kind of a counter example, but the kinds of things were like, you know, I guess a good example would be TextMate and Sublime Text. Like I can't even tell you how I did most of what I've done over the years in TextMate. So it's so much copying and pasting and tweaking and changing a thing. And like, right. I don't know how to make a regular expression or a pearls or I don't even know how to make a regular expression or, or a, 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 like I can't make my own bash scripts without starting with some, but I can do all of that stuff. 
I got my Auk and Sad one-liners that are always around. Right. So there's all kinds of stuff in there where I look like some kind of, you know, white wizard, right. even though I, I couldn't tell you how to recreate it. I don't know the key commands for 90% of what I do because it's just in my muscles. Right. But I don't know. Don't I mean, I know that's a little that's more than a little bit rambling, but isn't it kind of interesting that as we try to move up in expertise, we try to stay at least plastic enough to be open to new things. Like, how do you know when it's worth pursuing an app that at first might feel a little bit foreign to you or might feel a little bit lesser mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. might feel a little bit too. Like, how do you know when to keep working on that? Is it just word of mouth? Is it only experience? Because these are all apps we're talking about here where people got work to do. I don't have time to sit around all day and try the demo of your shovel. Right. Like, I've got to go do a thing. Do you have a thought on that? How do you know when it is or isn't the right time to pursue a new app or a no, different I think app? That's, I think that's a really, really great topic. That's like the most back to work topic ever. I think there is something to be said for sticking with things that you have muscle memory for, you know, like we were talking maybe a couple weeks ago about how I had helped that guy uh, who had a client of, it was like a Mac print shop and they had all these old Macs in there and mm-hmm. these old Macs, like I would look at them and say, obsolete, get something new, get something better. But for them, they were just tools and the tools worked. So they used those tools because those tools worked. It didn't matter that they were old. Maybe if they broke, they would try to fix them. And if it became unfixable, you know, but they had these really great tools that they really liked and they just worked. And it didn't matter that they were 10 years old. They worked, you know, and Mm -hmm. I feel like it kind of can be the same thing with an application where if there's features that you need that the new one has, then upgrade to it. But if you don't need those features, why? Why would you upgrade? Like, I remember you were talking about Photoshop key commands and things like that. They're they're always making little changes and sometimes they make sense and sometimes they don't. And if you have a workflow and a process and a thing that works, do you, you know, do you need to replace the wheelbarrow that's in your garage if it works yeah. because they came right. out with a, a newer one? Well, no, it, it works fine. But we, we just replaced our microwave with exactly this, well, not exactly the same model, uh-huh. but we replaced our 2013 microwave with the new version. And to quote, you know, John Syracuse, it's basically worse and more diverse. Like they uh-huh. took off the <laughs> dial that you could turn. I didn't realize how much I used the dial that you turn. You have to hit a button. They've changed the way the bezel goes around the blue letters. Oh, and they've gone to that cheaper version of LCD. That's the, the junkier version. See also technologies. Uh, I'll find this for show notes, technology connections video on the changing of these kinds of interfaces. Okay. But it's like, oh, man, now I kind of want my 2013 microwave again. We already put it out on the sidewalk. But then there's other instances where, like, like you're saying, I think, where like, oh, my God, it was so worth it to push through just a little bit further to understand why people like this. Right. Maybe it's a philosophical underpinning. Maybe it's a technical improvement. But there's something that's different about the way this works mm-hmm. that comports. You can get it to comport with your brain, even if it initially feels like a little bit of a curve. Exactly. Exactly right. I told stole your topic, but isn't that isn't that kind of true? It's very true. And I think you you're don't always need to keep buying that. new wheelbarrows, but like it's sometimes very much worth it. What am I oh I know where I'm going through this. I recently um I capitulated and uh, updated the to DSM seven on Synology, their new fancy uh you know, management of Synology software, which is good. It's really, really good. But there's a there was a change to something that I was not paying as much attention to as I should have. Mm. They changed the way that some permission stuff works. And now if you use both folder sync and Plex on the same folders, same, you know, long story short, I keep losing my permissions on Plex. So every one to every 12 hours to three days, 
suddenly my Plex doesn't work and I have to go in and like reapply the permissions. And then I have to do the thing everybody hates in the Synology world. You never want to do, which is going to special permissions. It's better if you could just say, you know, it used to just be there's video, there's download, there's whatever. And now it's like this Plex media user has to be here, but it's also got to be custom to do this from this level on down. It's got to be 755 or whatever. Anyway, it's a real pain in the butt. But um, you learn that like, well, you learning a little bit more about the app enables you to get not just more expertise into producing the things you want to produce in it, but also, I think, getting a little bit more insight, even if you're not a deeply technological person, uh, which, as it happens, I am not a deeply technological person. I am, as John Syracuse is a top-down learner. I have a thing in mind that I want to do, and I keep banging on it till it's less broken. That's generally my approach. And what would be not the opposite or the different? A bottom-up person a bottom who up. would like start by, I guess, <laughs> you know, building building their own box and then learning machine code. I don't know, but like the kind of person who like learns the fundamentals before like needing to apply it to something specific. Does, does that make sense? Like, so I, yes, I'm the kind of person that's like, I just want this thing to work. I just want this. I know there's a thing that can be done, and I'm just going to keep pasting things together till it's the shape of what I'm looking for. Right. Versus somebody who has more like you know of a, of a it's not just computer stuff. It's true for lots of things, but, um, the so like, and I, then, if I'm understanding yeah. it right, I remember I, I went on an interview early in my career and the guy who was interviewing me, what part of the job was networking and things like that. And one of the uh-huh. things that he asked me, he, he said, um, he said, do you know what, uh, can you, can you, do you understand virtual private, you know, private networks, setting up private networks? And I said, yeah, like, of course everyone knows that. And he's like, can you, can you tell me then what net 10 is? And I said, I have no idea what net 10 is. I have absolutely no idea. I've never heard of such a thing. And he's like, well, mm-hmm. it's one of the networks, the address ranges, 10.0.0.1, for example. And I'm like, well, of course I know what that is. He's like, well, that's net 10. And I'm like, well, why are you calling it? Like, I've never heard it called net 10 before. And then I went home and looked it up in a, in a book because we had books back in those days. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was called Net Ten, but I had never, I'd never, I've never heard of that. I've never heard it called Net. You're talking 10. like the Ten versus the one nine two. Yes, the yes, I, it, yeah, okay, exactly. Okay, and I was like, Wait, well, guess, guess you win this one, Doctor Nomenclature. Yeah, right. And I don't know. I just thought it was very, it was very weird. But that's like that's like a, that's like a kid in third grade going, I know how to spell anti-establishmentarianism. Like, right. Oh, okay. Right. Hi, I'm Merlin. Nice to meet you. Yeah. It's exactly. Like, you know, what is a weird? That's a weird flex. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was. It was a weird one. But, you know, like that kind of thing, I think is, would that be, because like I learned all of the networking and all of the other stuff that I learned, I learned it by doing it very much in the way that you were describing when you said Mm -hmm. that like, I have a problem to solve. How do I solve this problem? And the way I solve it is by learning the thing that I need to learn to solve that problem. And it, 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 it's not like I approached it by saying, I'm going to learn the fundamentals of computers now. It was... I need to right. make this script work or I have this thing that needs to work and I don't I don't exactly know how to do it so I'm just going to like figure it out. Um yes. Um I well, I mean I like I say I think you can apply I don't know why this has suddenly become so important to me. I think you can apply that uh top down versus bottom up mm-hmm. for, for lots of different kinds of things. But in this instance it's that sounds like such a dumb, pretentious thing to say, but, you know, one of the things I'm most grateful for going to liberal arts school was, um, which I just wouldn't recommend today, <laughs> but back then it was really cool. And, um, I mean, even though I had a pretty piecemeal, uh, liberal arts education by most standards, 
didn't take science and stuff like that. But but even in just in the humanities, I did I really did like the idea. You know how they say like in pre-literacy, just give your give your have your kid like go to the library and just be around books. The more mm-hmm. words your kid hears, the more likely they are to, you know, just do well at lots of things, but especially language and especially reading. And it, it seems so odd to say to somebody, make sure your kid is around books. That's pre-literacy. You'd be like, that doesn't make any sense. The kid's not reading yet. The kid can't read. And you're like, yeah, that's why it's pre-literacy. You're, you're basically creating an environment for your kid that they don't even realize is an environment because they don't need to realize it. But like, there's some really sad stats out there about like kids who only hear this many hundred or thousand words, you know, a day. Oh, right. Versus kids who hear this. And it's like, I can't put my finger precisely on it. There's certainly almost definitely a class and race component as with all things, but I can tell you having your kid be around more books than fewer and having books be a normalized thing in your kid's life is, is very positive in a way that will seem incredibly obvious later on. Um, and I think the same goes here, which is when you're in liberal arts school, you basically learn like you, you, learning how to use a library becomes a superpower in some ways, even if you're not there to read Joan Didion's uh, reserve reading. But look, I worked at the library. I was constantly at the library. And I even, this is again, before any kind of network. And, and I'm not making a life. joke, Merlin, but you still no. go. You know what I'm saying? Like it, you still are at the library. Our library quarter. reopened last Tuesday and we were there. We were one of the first people there. For the first time since COVID, our library reopened. And I was just so excited to be at our branch library right. where I've spent so much of my kid's life. And because, I mean, this was in my bones. It's one thing I guess I've sort of passed on is that like, and let's let's just be clear. I'm not one of those people who like, once you know how much I love books. Oh, I love books. I understand you love books. You're, I know you want everybody to really understand that, like how important books and reading are to you. I understand. I understand. understand. At a certain point that becomes a little weird, but I, but books have had a huge influence on my life just because I was around books and I was never of all the deprivations, all the privations I've had in life. One that I've never suffered from is nothing can, there are things that can't be found out. And, you know, especially today, obviously, we were getting our bagels this morning. A song comes on. I'm like, oh, God, who does this song? I hit the Shazam button. And, of course, it's Sia. And I'm like, that, that's very – I can find out that this lady from, I want to say, New Zealand, sings this song in the cafe because I've got my phone. Right. But what is the beauty of the liberal arts education to which I had very wonderful privileged access? You learn how to learn. You develop a framework for – you don't develop – how do you put this? It sounds so stupid – you learn how to learn. You, you learn that there's these levels, and this isn't just academic BS. I really think this is true. You learn sort of a paradigm, a framework, but you learn that there's ways to learn. You get the basic tools for making tools. Right. I don't know how, I don't know how no, to describe it. No, you're explaining it perfectly. Well, well, and the reason is I would, and I, this is no shade, no lemonade, I would in some, well, see, I don't have the experience, but my gut is I would contrast that with not just things like trade school or just things like vocational training. I would also say in some ways, I mean, obviously being a physician, you have to learn a lot. You've got to learn a lot of facts, and then you got to learn a lot about intuition and patient skills and all that kind of stuff. But like, you know, if you, the point of going to a trade school, or in my case, the United Electronics Institute was like, cash registers break and somebody has to fix them. And like, no matter how deep your background in St. Thomas Aquinas is, it's not going to change <laughs> What happens with this cash register? Right. You go and get the toolkit. I'm not, again, I, I'm, I'm not, I, sometimes a cash register needs fixing. Sometimes but a cash register is just a cash register. Some, that's exactly right. It's <laughs> narcissism of uh, small penises. <laughs> huh. But, uh, but that's dumb. Why would I say that? Never. I don't know. I went to liberal arts school. But I guess what I'm saying like is that 
I don't know. And again, this came up on this college episode of Rectifs that came out last week. But, you know, I do have this pet theory that it's sometimes difficult to identify the horizons and possibilities that are in our bones as possible in life. That the possibilities of what you can be, what you can accomplish, what you're likely to do, it's so it's so much a part of our makeup that it's it would be difficult to go and take a three-week class and come out of it going, I have a much different idea now about what I could accomplish in the world. Oh, yeah. It gets established at a, at a pretty young age. Not dissimilar from the way that being around or not being around books will have an impact that you can't identify. You can't, you know, you can't say. But I do think that, like, when it comes to even just slightly technological stuff, or again, something like my beloved Descript, like an app like that comes along, and, like, it's a very, uh, it's an artful thing. Because with Descript, like, I could see, and this is a... Uh, Audio and video editing app that I like a lot. Go check out Descript. It's, it's a magical app that I use for everything I can use it for. Because I went in, I played with it. I said, oh, this is fun. I can make, I can make some funny mix-ups mix and uh, fan cuts and super drags of all these uh, different things. Because I can go and do keyword searches and make audio and video. Pretty soon, it replaced GarageBand as how I assembled. You'll notice here I started saying assembled. I don't say edit. I don't edit anything. I assemble Roderick on the line. Mm. I'm much more Steve Albini than Jeff Lynn. Um, but anyhow, I put it together and in that app, but I also use Descript. I will use Descript in probably about 10 minutes because I take our two sides of this, throw it in there. And then I mean, like I've said here in other places, I can go in and say like, oh, find everywhere that somebody said, put it in show notes. Everywhere that someone said article or video. So even if I'm not quote unquote editing a podcast, it's still really useful for the other podcasts that I do in a way that was, I imagine, never intended by the people who made it. So like, what does that have to do with anything? Because when you go into an app, there aren't that, 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 that many apps that you're just playing with because you got spare time. There's probably times we all go through like things like to-do list apps or knowledge managers or things like that that are just fun on their own terms. One reason Descript is so in the pocket for me, and this is not an ad for Descript, one reason is that it really, it, it's very innovative and unusual as an app. It's, it's just fun to play with. It grabbed me immediately. I could see the possibilities for doing weird stuff and, and doing stuff you're not supposed to do with yeah, it, like yeah. making these supercuts. But then it absolutely has the, if, if you must have a practical reason, even though I should just be able to say blocks are fun. If you need a practical reason, well, yeah, that's how I make Roderick Online. It's a show we do. But because I went in with the need to have a podcast editing app, but I was also open to like, how does this app want to be used? What does this thing want to do for me? If I only go in saying, oh, this isn't enough like Final Cut Pro. Well, geez, dude, like anybody could tell you Descript is not Final Cut Pro. And a certain person could probably argue that that's exactly the point. Right. But how do you go in with the right mix of curiosity, openness? How do you leverage your ideas of like what can be learned and how you would learn it? And how do you develop a certain kind of generative attitude about walking into a new piece of functionality saying, what can this do for me? But maybe sometimes more saliently, like, what can I learn from this? I might think real differently about how I put my code together if I start thinking differently about how I package up these bash scripts inside this text editor. I don't know. That's super rambly, but I don't know. I, I, uh, I continue to believe it's, it's, it's useful, smart, and important to keep your mind open, whether you start at the top or the bottom, whatever your goal is, your budget, your time, your attention, your background in books, you know, keep an open mind about that stuff. Well, did, I, did, I like did, that. And I think what's that's, the answer to that question though? How do you, how do you know? 
You know, how do you know? Right. But I think what you're you're on to there is something I think is very important, which is keeping an open mind. People, that's the, I guess, the downside of saying, well, this thing works. Why would I fix it? Because what you might be missing out on is you might be missing out on a huge opportunity to learn something new, whether it could be a new yes. technology, it could be a new, uh, a new platform, a new thing that might wind up if it doesn't save you time, it might make your life easier. It might be less tedious. It might be less frustrating. It might be more fun. You know what I'm saying? There's right. There that's are a, a really, lot of reasons a, that goes with for home, like home automation stuff. It goes for so many things. If you've never had to fix a problem with this, for example, you might not even have your ears up for right. different kinds of things that could could do what you're doing. But there's a lot of applications for that in life. Trying a different. Think about the John Roderick thing of like he tries to never take the same route anywhere twice. Right. Uh, it's just sort of. The, I don't know if this is true, but in John's mythology, at least, he always tries to. He always gets a different food at a restaurant. He always takes a different route to get anywhere. And whether that's a bit or not, I do think there's something to be said about the the serendipity, the kismet, the opportunities that come up when we're disrupted a little bit. Right. So when you have to take a different route, like you might discover not just that it's faster. But, oh, my God, there's a Whataburger on the way. Holy uh -huh, crap. Kill uh -huh. for a Whataburger yeah, right now. Yeah, sure, sure. But, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's these – there are kinds of things that as um, – I think – who was it? Was it Terry Gilliam whoever said uh, it's a Buddhist gift? You know, if something comes along and it disrupts your – in this case, let's call it workflow a little bit, you might discover something really interesting. You might even get into, like, kind of a sliding doors thing where you're like, wow, if that hadn't happened, I'd still be using that, that dumb app that I used to use before I learned that there was this other app. I don't know. That's um. This is just basic human plasticity, but like you know, it's a good thing. Apps, apps, services. Yeah, apps. Use some apps. Hooli, Hooli phone. Dan, um, do you want to talk about the final thing that you like? Final thing will be Squarespace. Squarespace. That's, all, that's always my favorite. I don't like to play favorites, but that's always a favorite of mine. Me too. And they've been around with us for so long. You gotta love them. What do they do? Oh, what do, they, do you want to tell me what they do? So like, what is Squarespace? When you hear the word Squarespace, what do you think of besides back to work? Um, Squarespace is a site for making sites. So you could make your own website. There's nothing wrong with that. But like the thing that I love about Squarespace that, I mean, again, it's printed right on the tin is that it is an all-in-one solution. So if you've never had anything but the most basic experience with the web, even if you've only ever just clicked on websites, if you have basic... Um, if you're basically comfortable logging into a website and using a keyboard and, and mouse, you can have a start making a website. Uh, I know you guys might know that, but uh, you should check it out because it's it's abstracted all the different parts of a website in a way where you don't even have to know what I mean by abstracted. What that means is <laughs> if you if you type something here and then decide that you want the page to be white, it's the the text is still there. It's just it's gonna the part where you make the page white is different from the part where you say what the words should be. Right. And that's very powerful. And it's something that time was, you could not take for granted. When, when Dan and I used to do what, at least I used to do, if you left the uh, greater than bracket off of a P or off of oh, a yeah. B. Your whole website's broken. Now you're bold. Yep. Now you have the bold website. Yeah. Um, yep, yep. That was so even, funny to see that. And then you'd get people, oh, I had people who would so hire me. The classic me. is center. The classic is oh. like center, which would only work, I think on Netscape Center for a while only worked on one or the other. But like if you got that wrong, oh my God. Or like leave off your like H1. You didn't close that. Yeah. Now you got a big, bold website. No extra charge. Having all that abstracted is really powerful though because that means that if you think of yourself, well, obviously for a team, this is incredibly powerful because there could be people who are just working on the words part and other people who are just working on the design part, other people who are working on the sort of 
um, what would you call it? User interaction or user experience part mm-hmm. of like, I want, here's what the menu should be, the sections of the site. That can all be happening and nobody steps on each other. But in just having all of that control to make it the way you want is your site doesn't need to look like anybody else's site. If you wanted to, it can. But, you know, next time you're out there, you know, on your own website, hit the escape key. And you might be su- su- surprised to see how often it's going to say log into Squarespace. Right. Because if you hit the escape key on a bunch of websites, you're going to go, oh, my God, I cannot believe this is a Squarespace site. And um, anyway, they've been great to me. It is where we host the Roderick on the Line podcast. It's where my personal sites are. Um, and if, uh, in the event that I win, not if, I encounter somebody who needs a website, I hesitate not at all to say, just go to Squarespace. Get out of the webmaster business. You know, the hours are terrible. It's a tough, and, uh, tough racket. It's a, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to be a webmaster. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, steak knives. Yeah. Um, so you go to, uh, what is it? Squarespace.com slash it's your show. Is that right? Yeah. That's the one. That's exactly where they need to go. Now that's a Squarespace site for Squarespace sites for, you know, it's kind of like on Ted Lasso where if they get one more tie, they will have tied the record for the number of ties, you know, same situation. Um, you go there, you go to squarespace.com slash it's your show and you can sign up. Uh, no credit card required. And then, uh, when you're ready to like do your thing, you can buy a domain name, you know, you yeah, can well, you're website, there, get one. And you use that special offer code. It's your show. It's going to get you 10% off your purchase of a website or a domain. And I did double check on this, Dan. Their domain names are unique. They are. Okay. You're not going to run into, you accidentally are one of five people who bought a domain. Uh-huh. And when the domain names are not unique, you run into problems. Right. Sure. No, I see that. You know what I'm saying? I can see It's that. very equitable. It is, as they say, very democratic, but it's democratic to a fault. Sure. You know? Yes, and then in that case, you know, and now, now, uh, now, uh, you know, everybody's five by five dot TV, and when everybody's five by five dot TV, you know no what? No one is. Nobody. <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> <sighs> Our thanks to Squarespace for supporting five by five and back to work. Bok bok, bok bok. Don't put this out. I won't. No, I mean this one. Terrible episode. Wake up! But I don't know. Little makeup. I used to be able to play some Metallica, but I've lost. You get the ukulele out? Yep, got the ukulele out. Nice. Oh, we're in for a little treat today. See, I kind of do it still. Yeah. I'm not much of a finger picker. What is that, Fade to Black? That's... I th- Yes, yeah, that's it. They love a five. I, I don't have a pick. I'm just using my fingers. Oh, it's not bad. Announce a special kind of word. It's every name you've ever heard. You know it's quite interesting. Announce a person, place, or thing. Oh, a little little harmonic thrown in there. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, can I still do it? This is uh, okay, 1982. Will he remember? God damn it. You got this. Okay. I think we got the money's worth today. You had it. 
Um, it's hard to do because I'm, I'm, I'm holding this acoustic guitar. I'll play a nine chord and play this out. Or you can do the Beatles chord. Yep. So I got it all. Roxanne. Anyway, I think I might be having some kind of an event. Anyway, now this special kind of work. Lovely. Let's button it up. All right, let's do it. Okay, I love you. Love you too, Merlin, man. We'll be right back. 